Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome to episode 41 of the Rewind. Don't know what the Rewind is or how you got here? Well, don't worry, because we got you covered with all the latest news from the team at Visionary Realms regarding Pantheon Rise of the Fallen in one neat package. And then we take it from there and go one step further as we dig into the hot topics and discussions that are all around the community as we scour forums, Reddit, Discord, Facebook, Twitter, well, damn near everything to keep our finger on the pulse of the community and Pantheon itself. I say we because if I had to do this by myself, well, it wouldn't be pretty. So let me introduce to you the only elf that I can stomach being around for hours on end, Theric. So uh, how are you, my friend? I'm good. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, that, that the only elf you can stomach being around for hours on end. I, I really take that to heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, uh, it's been a busy week. I've been uh, back at my old office. I had to switch offices. So I went from one back to one that I used to work at. And I've been there now. It's been a couple of weeks and and it's I'm finally settled in. I'm feeling good about it. It was sort of one of those things I was kind of dreading. I talked about a little about it a little bit with you and, and with some of our guildies and stuff. But um, yeah, no, it's it's gone really smoothly. And I feel like I've had a huge like, weight lifted off my shoulders <laughs> when you, you know, change is not always easy, but this has been a good change. And it's I'm around people that I really like, and it's all kind of good. So yeah, so I'm happy to I'm happy to sort of be back there. And um, before we get going with the show, I did want to take a moment, though, because I wanted to thank some people who uh, supported the show uh, last week during the premiere. Once again, we had some donations. And and have to give a shout out to those uh, who did and Bounty Code and Sparrow and Annoying Llama three of the three of the people who had donated previously did again. Jeez, so that's awesome. Is great, totally unexpected, and and uh, really really appreciate it. So thank you very very much for that. Um, and you, as we did last time, we'll come up with a fun way to put it. You know, put that money back into the show and and uh, do something like that. And like we like we did with our giveaway, we ran that uh, giveaway for the Watchers Pledge during the last show. And I have to congratulate lucky uh, Rewind listener Pirate Titan for winning that giveaway. So he's got himself a brand new Watchers Pledge. I know we got that <laughs> to him successfully, which is great. So uh, that's I'm sure he's happy with that. We had 70 people during the show last week, and 17 people put their name in the hat for that. Um, so your chances, if you if we run it again, you know, and you show up, your chances are pretty good. Yeah. Um, so everyone who p- participated is great and, uh, it was actually pretty fun. So, <laughs> um, maybe we'll up the stakes next time. Maybe we'll do like a bigger pledge level, maybe beta mm. access or something like that. Yeah. 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 I love what you said there. Like, you know, these people who are donating, um, I don't think we've ever asked anybody to ever donate money to us or ever, um, you know, buy shirts from us and we don't have a patron, <laughs> You know, I, I understand on Twitch that people subscribe to us, but a lot of the times, you know, that's hopefully, the, you know, when we say subscribe, you guys understand everybody gets like the free subscribes from like Prime. Yeah. So I, I yeah. hope you guys never thought of like us saying subscribe and give us a bunch of money because it's never really what it's been. It's, there's no, a lot of people have those free subscribes out there, but we appreciate it. I mean, it's a lot of work, but we're not sitting here crying where there's no pity, right? Like we just really appreciate people who are willing to help us out because, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff we do. Um, it's not always fun, but at the end of the day, it is, you know, <laughs> the, the work to get there isn't fun, but the end goal is always fun. I guess I should put it that way. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just nice knowing that there's somebody who's like, I like this thing enough to, you know, show my support. It just, it's from an inspiration, from a, from a mental standpoint, I'm more than anything else, it's not about the financial or anything like that. It's just like people like what we're doing. So yeah. that's cool. You know, that's is, all I really want. <laughs> it's definitely like in a very, very humble, positive way. It's, it's very validating that, 
you know, people get an enjoyment out of what we do. And, you know, as much as I make people crazy, um, <laughs> you know, that, that it's something people want to devote some of their time to because time is the most valuable asset we all have. So it, yeah, it just really means is. a lot. It's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. now I, I don't mean to just skip past that cause obviously that was super important. Um, but you know, whenever we do the interview or the uh, intro here to the show, you know, it's always back mm-hmm. and forth. Right. So like, you'll ask me what I've been up to and then, You'll, I'll ask you what you've been up to. Like we kind of right. just take turns with it, right? Um, I have to talk a tiny bit about yesterday. Yeah, um, so yesterday I uh, woke up in the morning and did a stream at 11 a.m. Because a game came out that to me was probably one of my most anticipated games of, of the last very, very long time. Probably Borderlands 3 was the only thing, you know, that launched outside of this game. And the game is called The Medium. And uh, right. for those that don't know why I was so hyped about this game and, and why I would stream a single player game, um, you know, it's it's a studio called Bloober Studios. And um, they've made some other games, nothing like super huge or popular, but their whole company is sort of about making these games that have like this psychological aspect, whether it's horror or thriller or just makes you really think. They're very, very psychological games. Well, the company was actually built because they loved Silent Hill. It was like the core foundation of why they made Bloober games. Like that was it, believe it or not. And it was, they were talked about it in an interview. So, you know, for me, um, growing up, Silent Hill is probably one of the most impactful games in my life. Silent Hill 2 wow. in particular. Um, I've read college, college theses that were written on like what things meant in that game. Um, Holy cow. I just, I am obsessed with that game and it has one of the most tragic endings I've ever experienced in my life. That was literally gut wrenching to discover. Um, you know, you go through this like psychological horror journey. It's terrifying. You're confused. There's emotion. And then the end just rips your heart out in a way that I can't even explain. It's like watching a movie where you just, your jaws on the ground at the end of the movie. Right. But except you've played it and it's longer. So why I was so excited for medium. So first of all, that's what this company is all about. And then number two, they've come out and kind of said that this game was sort of a love letter to silent Hill too. So, you knew, I mean, at that point I'm in, right. Yeah. yeah. And I got to tell you, man, like I played it and we had, we had, a, um, geez, I, there was a few last I checked, there's probably about 300 or so views on each of the two streams that I did. So there were a lot of people like uh, who showed up to check it out, even if it was maybe after. Um, like I think for the first stream, we had like 140 different unique users show up for the first places to, to play session that I did in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, um, long story long, um, <laughs> I just I, I enjoyed this game so much. It's so exciting because it delivered. Um, you know, like any survival horror game, they usually aren't super long, right? You're telling a story, mm-hmm. you're not going to drag it on for gameplay reasons. So we ended up beating it last night um, at about 11 o'clock at night. So I played it for about eight hours alive on stream yesterday and unbelievable, dude. Um, Just totally lived up to your expectations, right? Oh my God. And it touched on, it touched on hard and heavy topics. This game did not shy away. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really that love letter to Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2 is a dark game. It is a dark, dark game. And uh, without spoiling anything, I mean, you had... Um, an old man murdering a child brutally. Um, there was, it was just a stepfather, abusive step. I mean, dude, it, it was, 
everything you hoped it would be. <laughs> it was just enthralling. And the end, just again, you know, mind blowing. Um, it's it just an absolutely phenomenal game. I just want to give it a shout out because, like, it's not often that games deliver, and this one truly, truly did. So that's so awesome. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. When you told me on Discord, I said, "Man, when a game lives up to it, like, there's no feeling quite like it." And yeah. and when you have such high expectations and a game that's like a love letter to a game that you love is, is such a great thing. So that, that's awesome. such a hard, gotta, such a hard bar to hit, right? Like yeah. we built our company on this game that you love. Now we're yeah. making the ultimate love letter to this game. That's on such a pedestal and it delivered. And, and I got to tell people like me and you have talked a lot about game pass and the value. This was on game pass on day one because it's a Microsoft that. exclusive. So I, I paid that. nothing more than I would have paid if this game didn't come out to have just this absolutely amazing experience. So if you guys have game pass out there and you like really psychological, terrifying games, like keep you on the edge of your seat, it's not going to be a game that jumps out at you all the time. You're going to feel creeped out the whole time you're playing. It's not going to be jump scares. Um, But man, what a game. What Speaking a of which, jump scares. I saw your little Twitch highlight. Yeah, that is that was truly the only a jump, jump scare, scare if I've ever that seen was, one. That was the only jump scare in the entire game was that scene. And it's that was completely legit. I didn't look at anything in this game. I was watching it. I'm close to my screen and it scared the living hell out of me. So yeah, that's out there too. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great great experience. I'm glad to hear that. And you mentioned Game Pass being a good deal on a subscription. That's mm. a little uh, little foreshadowing yeah. for what we're going to be talking about in this episode. So <laughs> stay tuned if you want to talk about value of your subscriptions. Yeah, you're not kidding. So with that, let's get into VR news and notes. Mm-hmm. This week in Visionary Realms news and notes. All right, guys. So, wow. I mean, talk about foreshadowing accidentally. Like you, you tied it right together. So we're in <laughs> VR news and notes here. We like to look at Twitter. And if there's any other important communication, we'll chat about it. But um, so there are two Twitter questions. One that's like a really good topic we're going to spend some time on. And one that's probably going to take two seconds to talk about. So <laughs> the first one and most important one here is uh, was posed out there. And this is a topic that's been coming up a lot because of how much people are talking about cash shops. Um, It seems like any community area you go to right now, whether it's forums, Reddit, it's just cash shops, cash shops, cash shops. Basgrim put out two videos that were pretty much around cash shops. It is just this massive topic right now, and it's just bleeding into all the conversations. So obviously this one um, we're going to hear a lot about, but their question was subscription-based MMORPGs. What would you pay per month to play? And what would you want to be included? So two parts there. And that's the interesting part is uh, how that's worded. So I have a lot of responses here, Theric. You, as always, are free to jump in as I read through these and kind of give some pointers and we'll wrap it up at the end. But this is a really big topic. Lots to say. Yeah. So let's start with Basgrim. Um, He posted here. He said data proves that MMORPGs are more expensive to make each year. Yet the $15 a month industry standard subscription hasn't changed in over 20 years leaving a gap that microtransactions were created to fill. And now that's kind of a cancer in the genre, he says. Um, He says people must be willing to pay more. Per hour, playing an MMO is still one of the cheapest forms of entertainment there is. Even if you only play two hours a day at $15 a month, that's still only about 25 cents an hour. Well, up until recently, those same people pledging $15 or more to watch a two-hour movie at the theater. I've said this comparison quite a bit and it seems like the mm-hmm. theater one is always the best one to do because those prices have just become so exorbitant. And, and as you grow your family, it's, it's like worse and worse yeah. and worse. Right. 
uh, it's ridiculous what it costs to go to a movie. And the, the funny comparison really is, is, is not even the theater comparison. It, it's the Netflix comparison, right? I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll get into it, but you know, you pay a subscription for Netflix and think about how many hours you spend watching Netflix compared to playing an MMO, right? Like even that doesn't compare. So yeah, there's yeah, a lot. We'll get into it. Yeah. I think at the end of this, we'll talk through because there's a lot of things I want to bring up in relation yeah. to what you're saying there. So there's a lot to talk about here. So Jay Ferris says, um, I would say stick to the 20 to $25 range. People are starved for a decent MMO. Instead of doing a traditional expansion, charge more per month and keep the content alive. Tweak zones as the elves fight the orcs or humans go to war against the ogres. Not an overhaul, but just change it up. So that's the interesting part of this question as we read through some of these Twitter pieces is the question asked, if you're going to pay more, what do you expect? Yeah. What, what's the trade-off? What are you, what's your, as a consumer, what do you think you should get uh, out of that subscription cost? It's more than just having the game live, right? That's not, you can't just, that can't be the baseline, right? It's gotta be more than that. Which is interesting because what Basgrim said right before that is that it should just be more because of inflation and cost. So, Mm -hmm. so really it's, I mean, and again, we're going to talk a ton on our own opinions here, but it should be more but yet to make it more, people want more. So it's like counterproductive. <laughs> it's mm-hmm, kind of interesting. Yeah. But again, that is the question. So that's why people are giving kind of that that secondary answer. So Wizen said, um, I would want to pay about $20 and have a um, like a player type portal that lets everyone see their characters, like an online or an app or something like that, as well as a chat app for your phone that lets you chat with guildies and channels and sort your bank. Bank sorting is perfect phone mini mobile game. Um, he says maybe $22 to $23 with all those features and no pay to win. So there's yeah, always that caveat. About, right? yeah. yeah, we've talked about that before, having some sort of integration with, you know, mobile experience, not, you know, just something to do to, with your character like he's talking about there. I think we've we've talked about that and think it's a good idea. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think we even brought that up with Jop on the first interview is like, Hey, like right. think about it. like, I think that's one of the gaps we've talked about, right? Like in MMORPGs, you had to log in to see what was going on back in the day, but now you're so mobile. You don't have time to just log in just to see what's going on. You only log that's in to right. play. So that's having right. that ability to do that and connect with the world mobily, not play. I know everyone's going to go crazy, <laughs> not play the game, not do mini games, not farm, not just to interact, to connect with your guild, connect with the world, to talk, see what's going on, hear the stories. Um, I think that that would be awesome. And I think that's something that can fill that gap of, you know, always being in home, sitting in front of your computer when we were kids versus now yeah. just being anywhere we want to be connected. So, yeah, I think so too. hundred percent. So Nathan jumped in and he said, to be honest, I would pay a lot to play Pantheon per month, but thinking realistically and trying to maintain a large community, I do believe the 15 to $20 a month is probably where Pantheon wants to be. But just remember, breaking the status of co- status quo of $15 will cause many to, and he put a frowny face, you know, get upset or, yeah. Yeah. So Libwick um, had a few things to say. He said, maybe it's a token-based submodel. The subs can be tiered. Each tier gets you different tokens. In-game content has token paywalls. Subs get you a lot, but if you're looking, if you're playing a lot towards the end of the month, you may need to throw another $5 on it. Um, you know, which is interesting that he's kind of, it's almost like this timing per month thing or play. You know what it sounds like to me is like a slot machine. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you're sitting there and you're like, I need another five spins. I'm going to put another token in. Like I yeah. read Libwick's tweets here and I, I'm, I'm 
glad that you included them because I couldn't make sense of them, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I, I was trying to figure out what they were talking about, and I, I just didn't get it. And that's not a criticism of Libby. No, no, I'm no. Just saying, it's tough. We've I couldn't talked a hundred times out. about Twitter being like the limited characters. When you want to say something, you yeah. try to say it any way you can, and you lose <laughs> other words in your meaning. Yeah. Um, Andy Humer said uh, $20 a month. There should be zero limitations on any available content with a subscription fee. Microtransactions are fine for cosmetics, EXP boost, whatever, as long as they don't come become pay to win. That's an interesting one. I don't think there's a lot of people that shared Andy's perspective here that we're going to raise this up, but microtransactions are still okay. Yeah, he's he's definitely in the, uh, I would say in the minority maybe of, of mm-hmm. the, re- the responses here for sure. That's uh, not what people are looking for really. Yeah. And it's funny because the very next one here is from Gast and they say, whatever is fair, as long as there's no microtransactions, none at all. No shiny skins, no cute little companion pets, no nothing. Now, here's the funny part. He says no nothing at the end. So apparently he wants everything. I mean, that's <laughs> what, that's what, what I, wait, what do you mean? No, nothing. No, he nothing is double negative. So oh, I see. Oh, I see. Okay. I got it. I got it. Like I he was I good. He said no shiny skins, no cute little <laughs> companions. And he said no, nothing. Um, yes. Yes. Gas made a made a made a mistake with his uh, his grammar, grammar there. I would yeah. agree. Don't worry, I'm not a grammar Nazi. I can barely pronounce anything, and I spell everything wrong. So don't worry, Gas. I'm just playing. Uh, JJ says bare minimum would be fifteen dollars. Uh, maybe the most would be about twenty five dollars. And he said the higher the price, I would expect a higher level of support, GM events, etc. The mindset is if you're going to charge more, you have to do more than a comparable MMORPG at a lower price. That is mm-hmm. a huge statement, which I'm going to zip on right now so we can keep reading through people's comments, but I'm definitely yep. coming back to you. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. Me too. I want to talk about that one too. Yeah. Rack is talent says one thing that we need to figure out is if we go with a $15 a month sub without any other in-game payment, how do we make people who have money and would love to support Pantheon further do that without making it pay to win or immersion breaking? I think yep. that's a great point. Like why would yeah, you want to- Yeah, it's been brought up. Yeah, been brought up a couple times. Some people have said like make allow there to be like a voluntary level where you can just give money if you want to support this game. If you want to do it, you can give more money in your subscription and not get anything back for it. Mm, but then, has to be something. You, yeah, there's something there that probably doesn't make a lot of sense. It wouldn't work necessarily. Yeah, you have to get something back. Like yeah. I get like you just even if it's something small, just to get something out of it to justify it in your own head. <laughs> You get get a chat emoji. That's what you get. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Volley Pantheon says, if the game is engaging, full of content, and would keep me playing week after week, then $20 to $25 a month for me. Half the cost of a full-price console game, which I will no longer have to buy, which is so true. Uh, Cheapest cost per minute of any form of entertainment for me. And he says, I know posting the cost of entertainment in minutes may sound like a frequent less desirable... (laughs) establishments but there's just nothing worse than playing fifty dollars for a game that lasts less than 10 hours so he has a lot of great points there we got back into that money per minute thing which is very Mm -hmm. good but the i will totally disagree that if a great game like i didn't buy medium um because it just so happened to be part of the game pass i probably would have bought it anyway if it was a 60 dollar game i would have bought it i'm just saying that's it and it was eight, yeah. eight hours and I enjoyed every little bit of that. And I'm happy it wasn't more because it was what it needed to be to me. So the, the value per hour thing, it, it doesn't compare with single player games. Like they're just such a different animal, right? Like I've played great 10 hour games that I paid full price for 40, 50, mm-hmm. $60, right? And I've been totally satisfied. 
but then I played, I just finished playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a huge game. So you get so many, so much value mm-hmm. in terms of hours. But honestly, like I, for the amount of hours I actually enjoyed playing it, and I'm, you know, I know people <laughs> like that game, but I didn't enjoy it all that much. Um, I probably got two hours of enjoyment out of it in total, just because of the storyline stuff. But it's really the value calculation with MMOs and single player games just doesn't doesn't equate yeah. it's apples and oranges it's funny like have you ever played like a role-playing game where you thought it was going to end and then it just keeps going and oh my god just wish it would how, end <laughs> how many times have i done that like you get to a point you're yeah. like all right 30 hours in you're like i just wrap this shit up you know like let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh xeno gears i just remember every time i thought that game was gonna end it just went into a 90 minute like cut scene <laughs> oh man <laughs> it, like it was they, never ending they take it to the nth degree, right? I just, like I was, I've talked about Dragon Quest, the recent one on the Switch, it's like a hundred and some odd hours. There was times when I'm like, you can't go past 70 hours. And then they yeah. do. Sometimes you can't go past the story is too long. <laughs> yeah. It's nutty. Oh, man. Arc Bishop says, 15 to $20 a month for subscription base seems good to me as long as we have an active GM and update patches to show how our money is being used for the product. Um, he says, I'd also like the idea of multiple account discount uh, packages, like have two accounts for 30, three accounts for 40. So it's that's weird. Interesting, because, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting concept. I haven't heard that before. I really like that, actually. Well, here's the one thing about that. And this is where you've heard me a lot of times say sometimes uh, us as gamers expect a little too much. Um, like mm-hmm. we, you know, the comment of just showing us exactly how our money is being spent. That's un- that you can't fulfill that. Because what you may like isn't going to be what someone else likes. Someone's like, well, my money's not being spent. Like, oh, I'm not. It, it's it's a lot like having you know this community funded game as it is. I want the community to have a voice. Hell, we want to have a voice, right? So you can't be yeah. a hypocrite. Um, but at the same time, it's like sometimes you, the best games that have ever been made have had the smallest bit of community involvement, like Zelda games. The community yeah. doesn't tell them what a Zelda game is going to look like. They tell you what a Zelda game is going to look like. And oh yeah, we're no, thankful for I totally- it. Right? I yeah. totally agree with that. And though I was more talking about this, the latter the point that he made about yeah. the multiple accounts, like a discount for having more accounts. I think that's, I think that's the idea that I think might have some merit to it. It'd be interesting to see what, you know, if a game's ever done that before. Yeah. Jason Stockwell says, I would realistically be happy paying $25 a month if that were enough to fund the game optimally. A pure old school MMO hardline fuel would be ideal, ideally no uh, microtransactions whatsoever. If $25 were enough for a legit next-gen experience, then hell, I'd pay 30 <laughs> nice. He says, uh, it also harms those filthy no-good botters and those accursed <laughs> multi-boxers, which is a plus. <laughs> so, I agree. Breakout says, I don't like cash shops. So me personally, I would pay a little bit more per month for no cash shop. However, someone who doesn't know about Pantheon might look at a higher sub cost and lose interest. To keep attracting new players, cash shop and lower costs actually might be better. Um, Jorgen Wittstrom says industry standards are $14.99 for basic access is fair. A $19.99 premium subscription with Q priority bonus character slots and other minor bonuses could be interesting. And he said, Q he priority. Loved, <laughs> yeah. Q priority he said he loved the original pre, uh, free to play Sony all access plan. Was his old mm-hmm. favorite. Interesting. Um, board fan. How was it? Garud? Gerud, fans, yeah, something Gerud, like that. Um, <laughs> a lot of people cannot afford $15 a month, though. And that is one reason why free-to-play is so popular. Good point. True. And finally, Rykoff, who's been uh, mentioned a couple times on our show here, says subscription-based alone is not good anymore. Enough anymore, anyway. 
Um, buy to play with a sub that offers benefits. Think of ESO's crafting bag is more optimal to me. Cash shop. I know his bad cash shop. He says, but for purely aesthetic RP type stuff as a supplement works well in his opinion. So uh, yeah. that's, we went through a little bit more than common with, with all the different answers here, because this is a really important topic and one that I think can't be taken or made lightly, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about a lot of stuff here. Like where are you, where's your head starting before we just dive right in? Well, you know, I almost think you're reading my notes because I had in my notes the same thing. You know, this is a really important question. And, you know, VR would be wise to actually look at a lot of these responses. I, I thought that, you know, you can get a lot of valuable data from this because it was posted here. It was also posted on the forums. And um, and I think that they need to really look at what people are, are willing to pay as opposed to, you know, what you might expect. I think a lot of people made the mistake of answering the question as in like, what did they think VR should charge? Because that's what people will accept instead of saying, what would you want? Right? Yeah. Like I look at it from the perspective of, I would personally like to pay more for an expansion to, to keep cash shops out, to make it more viable. But I also agree. So that's my perspective. But then I also, I understand what people are saying because they're right. I actually tallied up some numbers of the responses the 15 to $20 a month range is by far the majority, like by far. Mm. There's definitely people who say 20 to 30 and even people who said, you know, pay more than that. And that's definitely the outlier. But um, the 15 to 20 has become so standard. Um, I think that, so my thinking is that there's also other options and some people did bring up other options. Like there's tiered types of subscription plans where you're talking about like you get two months of subscription and then you get, for a certain amount, um, you could get a smaller subscription for a lesser amount, but with, you know, maybe uh, a few add-ons here and there. One of the ideas I read, which was really, really interesting, I hadn't thought of it. You think of it like an a la carte menu at a restaurant, right? So you've got a base, like it costs 10 bucks. Let's say your 10 bucks is your baseline. And then you can pick, you know, the things you want added on to your subscription. So maybe you add $2 for unlimited server transfers. Maybe you add a couple bucks for unlimited character slots or extended customer service hours. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like yeah, yeah. you can sort of have these features. You it's like putting pick. your I mean, insurance plan together. <laughs> what's that? Health, it's like putting your healthcare package together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I live in Canada. We, we, nobody, oh, yeah, okay. we have that automatically. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know anything about that. Um, but uh, it, it is sort of like that a little bit, you know, like you do this, this menu that you can sort of create your own subscription cost at after outside of a baseline and allow people to pay what they can pay and what for the features that they want. You know, there, there's just a lot to talk about. There's a lot of things you could say too. Um, we live in the age of subscriptions, right? Like mm-hmm. everything's a subscription these days. You've got every like Spotify, Netflix, you know, Audible for audiobooks. Like uh, name you name it, we've got it. And yeah. subscriptions are high, but this is one game, so you have to think about it. Like, okay, what does this one game equate to everything you get from those? And not about a value perspective, but I'm talking about like range of things you can get right like so on spotify i can listen to any song basically i want for what is it 12 bucks a month yeah yeah so um you know is is pantheon whatever model they choose is it fitting into that mentality that mindset so what do you think Yeah, it's 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 really interesting so let's start with the what does 15 bucks get you right so we Mm -hmm. all know that 15 dollars doesn't mean what it did when you paid $15 to play EQ or, or wow. When it came out, it's not the same, um, development. It, it's funny because a lot of people say like development's easier now. No, it's not like 
it's like how when we all got cell phones, we thought our jobs were going to be easier when we got smartphones because we could do all this <laughs> stuff. But it, they just right. wanted us to do more. They didn't. You were always we, working. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't. When technology advances, you don't make the same product you used to make when you were limited without having it. So what happens is you say, oh, everything we used to do is easier. So in all the free time you have, it's okay. Now we can do all this. Like none of us have ever had our lives made better by this technology. We just have to work harder now for for the same pretty much. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of this weird thing about technology. I love technology. I mean, if you see 90% of what I spend my money is on technology, I love it, but it doesn't really help us get a quality of life. It just helps us work harder and more to the bone. And that's kind of what happens with game design, right? Like, okay, you have these tools now, but now you have time to do all this other stuff that's expected. So like when we talk about the $15 a month, we know that logically it's crazy that we're paying the same to play MMOs right now that we paid in 1999. There's nothing Mm -hmm. else you can find that, that evens that out. Nothing. Games cost more. Internet costs more. Everything costs more. Now, the interesting part of this though is, is that if the question was, as you said, would I pay more? It's not a fair comment. I mean, it's not fair for me to say, of course I'd pay more. I paid a thousand dollars to just donate to these people because I believe in them and have a chance every once in a while to maybe test. Right. So obviously I'm not the person to ask. And the problem that I have is that people who are following Pantheon on Twitter right now or participate in Twitter posts or forums or discord. We are the most hardcore fans of this game, or maybe just the most hardcore MMO fans. And it's a pretty small bunch. So yeah, I totally believe, I think everyone's being very honest when they say they'd pay more, but someone also said that it's going to chase away discoverers. You know, when, when new discoverers have all these free to play MMOs to go play, and then the top MMOs, which, you know, logically from number standpoint right now are WoW, um, ESO and Final Fantasy. OK, well, if you're going to charge more than all these games, why? Like yeah. well, me and you will pay for it. Me and you will do it all day. You know, we'll yeah. pay 15, 20, 30 bucks, whatever. We probably won't be happy about it, but we'll do it because we want to play it. But at the same time, like this game doesn't survive on just us, just the people on Twitter, just the people in the discords. We need a lot more than that. And we need new discoverers every month, every month, because as people drop, we hope new people discover and going above $15, even though it makes sense, people aren't going to want to discover. Yeah. So I want to make a point on that because there's, there's something that, um, uh, Bathroom's video, recent video, I think in most his last one had a, a quote from Brad McQuaid and it, it sums up perfectly what we're talking about here. He's talking about charging a higher sub fee, you know, calling yourself a premium MMO, yeah. right? Like yeah. some sort of premium coffee, you know, you pay more for it or you go to a steakhouse for a premium steak, right? And that's all fine and good. And that stuff does exist and it can be profitable. But Brad was right on when he said, you know, you can't charge a premium sub fee until you've proven, proven your premium game, right? I'm paraphrasing yeah. what he said here, something yep. exact quote, but and, you know, and that's that's totally true. I mean, nobody's going to nobody's going to accept you as a premium game with a higher sub fee as much as I would pay it. And I would want that because it would be mm-hmm. good for the company and the game in general. People just aren't going to do that. But the problem is, too, is that now let's say you don't do that. You wait 
And then you get into the trap. Like, let's say later on, you do prove you're a premium game. Everybody's talking about yeah, that. Everybody up, loves it. Yeah. yeah. And then you want to raise your fees. Well, how's that going to go, right? Well, you it's saw what just go. happened with Microsoft, right? Microsoft was right. just about to raise up um, Xbox Live to not even that much more. And you still and, have Ultimate Game Pass, which is a great deal that gets it for you anyway. And yeah. people went up in arms. Microsoft had to come out within one, like 24 hours of the news breaking that that might be happening and get ahead of it and say, we're sorry, we're not doing it. Microsoft, who yeah. honestly could just ignore that noise and have zero effect, to be honest. But like the the power of this small mob mentality, I mean, can you imagine if if they if Pantheon came out and was 15 and then they raised it? Oof, yeah. End yeah. of the game. Well, end of the game. And that's. That's what I think there needs to be flexibility right from the start. There has to be a there has to be a way to allow the people who want to pay more and support the game like us. And there's people and and not put up a wall for people who don't believe in it or, you know, are just like, I don't know what this is. I want to try it out, you know, but it, it's kind of a pick your poison situation. And, you know, going back to the Xbox Game Pass for a second, think about that for a second, right? They it's 15 bucks a month for every game under the sun, you know, like not every game, obviously, but a really wide selection of brand new games. And that's, yeah. and we're talking about Pantheon one game and you're asking somebody to pay a subscription cost for one game. Um, I, I think, have an idea. I just yeah, came up with it? something crazy. It just hit me like literally talking. Okay. So everyone hates cash shop, right? But mm-hmm. what if there was a cash shop, but the only way to get anything from the cash shop was to earn it through your sub level and your months played. So you can't just throw your credit card at it. But if I'm paying the $15 a month, I get X amount of tokens in that store that I can spend. But if I pay the $20 a month, I get more of the tokens that I can play. I can pay 30 and get more, but it has to come from my monthly sub and I only get it once a month. I get added into my currency or whatever. Then that shop is there as a loyalty shop instead of a cash shop. It's a loyalty yeah. to your subscription, whatever you wanted to pay. Those items would always be updated. There'll be things that are taken off and put on. So it's exciting. You can save up, you can spend. But the only yeah. way to get it is through an active subscription that you can adjust, but not just throwing your credit card at it, which would also mean that there's a max level subscription. So that you don't yeah. have whales spending thousands of dollars. You can only have a 15 to a $40 subscription. You could be anywhere in there earning those tokens for this loyalty shop. So you take away yeah. a cash shop and you make it a loyalty shop. ESO does that. That's basically what ESO does with their subscription, right? Mm-hmm. Every month. So I didn't come up with anything fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ESO is the worst offender in a lot of ways because they, they triple dip on this. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a buy to play game, right? You still have to pay for, for ESO and, and the expansions. They also have a cash shop where you can buy things just independently, but they also have a subscription where you can have that too. So you can have all three, right? It's like, yeah, I, I, that's one of the things that bugs me about ESO is that I feel like they, they try to find a way to triple dip here and, um, so yeah, if you have a subscription, you get monthly tokens or money for the crown store in ESO. Um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I wouldn't mind it necessarily as long as that was the only way to access the cash shop. Because if you, if you add an independent route to buy things from the cash shop, it completely subverts it, right? Like it wouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, but that, be that could pointless. be a way to, you know, what I've always talked about is that rem- we talked about this last week. Removal is not how you make something successful. Evolution is. So how do we evolve the cash shop? It's a needed thing. A lot of people even said that, like, it's kind of needed. So, okay, well, it sucks how it is now. I agree with everybody on that. So how do we evolve it? And if it becomes from a cash shop to a loyalty shop, but you get to decide how much loyalty you want to have, it's awesome. Yeah. I think that I think that could work. 
I think if it, I mean, if it, if it got, if, you know, if it got Pantheon to a place of financial viability where it could, you know, long-term success was sort of like, I think there's value in, in just evolving it just in general too, because you give other people ideas on how to do this, right? If you can be sort of the innovator, I guess there is value there too. Yeah. Um, so I, I hear what you're saying. One of the other advantages I, can, I had an idea about this was that, you know, with Pantheon's submodel, because a d- game that's being designed to take a long time to level, right, for the average player, yeah. the longer you keep people playing, the more money you get out of them, right? Like it's a <laughs> decent, I mean, the submodel works for this kind of a game. We haven't yeah. had this kind of a game in so long because it's players not, players are just are so designed. much better though. Players are so much better. <laughs> And you don't want them well, to make it like impossible so that you have to keep playing. You just want to make it hard, right? No, so you don't want to make it a grind. I get what yeah. you're saying. Like you don't want to grind just to keep people on a subscription month to month. But on the other hand, I mean, it is going to be a game that takes longer to get to the end goal, right? The end goal is not the is not the goal. It's the journey along the way. So, I mean, people are going to be playing this game in a, in a much different way than I think the recent business models have um, supported. I think the subscription model supports the type of game Pantheon is, I guess is what I'm trying to get at there. You know what else is interesting? Um, so one of the big things that about a submodel that is scary um, is that at any time people can just stop paying and then the game's in trouble, right? Like you can't yeah. predict people staying. And that's why submodels are really difficult. So, you know, I don't see a lot of games do a lot to get like a yearly subscription. Like you see games like World of Warcraft where you can sign up for, you know, one month, three months, six months, right? And you get like these mm-hmm. tiny little discounts. Like instead of $15 a month, if you do three months, it's like fourteen fifty a month. <laughs> yeah. And it, you Stupid. know, it's, it's, it's never like an actual like savings where you're like, huh, I should do that. And if there was a way to make it, especially if you're looking at these higher costs for an individual month, but then if you get people to sign up for six months to a year, that's a big deal. I mean, think about like Amazon Prime. You pay $150 a year for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong. Amazon Prime's like one of the greatest deals in the world. But like yeah. you pay it every year and then you have that one payment and then you just go back to using it. And it would yeah. be interesting if they could convince more people to get off the one one month sub- subscriptions that are non-reliable and mm-hmm. then get people more into the six to, six to a year like subscription yeah. package. And you can do that if you start with a $20 sub, which again, I'm not really a big fan of, but if you do that, you could bring it down to where if you pay for a year, it's 12 bucks a month. And that's a big savings. Mm-hmm. Um, so just stuff like that. And I think like, like I said, maybe that loyalty shop or, or trying to give advantage to longtime subscriptions is uh, pretty important to me, I think. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And, and it gives the, you know, it gives them that financial security to know, you know, what their sort of income long-term is, you know, because like you say, you know, the sub, the month, the month thing, people can drop out and then you don't know what's going on. So I think this is a really important question. Again, I'm going to say it again, but I think VR would be really wise to, to sort of take this data and compile it, you know, and put it into a, a you know, something that they can figure out what's going to work for them. I'm sure they've already done this. I'm just probably stupid to even say that because I'm no, you know, not stupid. You never know, but. man. Otherwise we'd see it. I mean, we don't see it across. I'm sure people look at it, but nobody's made the jump to truly innovate this side of it that's why we're still talking about a 15 dollars sub and the last thing i'll say is it's 15 bucks for game pass ultimate that gets you Mm -hmm. xbox live that gets you free xbox games and free pc games and i just played played a game i would have paid 60 dollars a year or 60 dollars to buy um and it was their day one for me to play basically for free um so yeah that value of 15 there's a lot out there these days for value of 15 dollars like you were saying with netflix and stuff so 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, there's room to grow here. There's room to move. And I think that, I think that they can really do something smart here and, be, you know, find that financial viability again. They, they're not, they've said it all along. They're not looking to be, you know, they're not looking to be the, the biggest game on the market. They're not looking to be the biggest, you know, MMO out there. They just want to make a game that is financially uh, you know, solvent and can maintain and can be profitable at a reasonable level. Like they're not, you know, I think that's a reasonable goal and I think it can be done with the submodel. Yep. I agree. Well, we spent a lot of time on that. I knew we would because that is, <laughs> like you said, very important. So the next question they said is what communication platforms do you use for gaming and why? So here's the deal. I'm not reading anybody's comments. I apologize everybody. And here's why, because the answer to this was discord from <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> everybody. And if someone didn't say Discord, Theric, they probably meant to say Discord. <laughs> but um, no, jokes aside, about 90% of people said Discord. And a lot of people mentioned they do like like in-game text chat. But then a lot of those people also added Discord. And then a few yeah. people reminisced of the old days of Intrillo, which I too have very fond memories of. Um, sure. But it got crazy enough to where someone even said telepathy. And another one <laughs> said AOL Instant Messenger. So I think this is a pretty obvious Discord is has done an amazing job of being a free program that has completely taken the world over in this aspect. Did nobody say ICQ? Because I remember I, I saw ICQ. Yeah, a little flower. Man. Yeah, the little flower. That's right. Exactly. I'm glad you know what I'm talking about because oh, yeah. people might not. I think my first internet, remember when like when the internet came out, like having an internet girlfriend was cool? My first internet <laughs> yeah. girlfriend was like on ICQ, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the little the little flower yeah. lit up a lot. Did pop it? up. Yeah. 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 Nice. Chatting. Nice. That nice little noise, that little <laughs> pleasant sound of ICQ popping oh, up. Oh, ICQ. Man. Good old yeah. days. Yeah. No, I mean, Instant Messenger rocked, man, because you could put HTML in your profile code. Oh, I yeah. never did AOL Instant oh, Messenger. I man. did Vent and I did ICQ, but I didn't. Well, it makes AOL. sense because it's America Online. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. We didn't, well, that's not to say we didn't get the AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> oh, I still got the CDs in the mail every week. You know, <laughs> I got those free CDs that AOL sent I don't know how they were profitable. They, they, everybody got 7,000 CDs. I don't know. I asked someone the other day, I'm like, cause they were talking about all the old computer stuff they had. And I'm like, do you happen to have an old AOL disc? <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine how many of those are floating around out there? Uh, yeah. Uh, we, good times. Probably but, half of CDs that we listen to music on were reprinted on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were, they were blanked and burned for pirated music. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, that's it for VR news and notes. We spent a lot of time there today, but let's toss it over to you. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion's all about. Okay, so there's a really good question um, posted by the folks over at Massively this week. And I don't usually go over and, and do like outside websites. I usually try to stick to the forums and whatnot, but this was too good to pass up. Um, it's a fun discussion and it definitely applies to Pantheon because the question they asked was, what fuels your wanderlust or what MMO fuels your wanderlust? And I'll, I'll add to it a little more, but like asking, you know, what evokes wanderlust in an MMO, right? So let's, yeah. let's sort of define what we're talking about here. You know, according to Wikipedia, what wanderlust is, is a strong desire, strong desire to wander or travel or explore the world. And, you know, reading the comments and responses to the article, I started to wonder, you know, like, you know, what is it about Pantheon that's going to evoke that in us, right? It's a game, Pantheon's a game that's you know, leaning into the world exploration desire or, you know, that wanderlust sense. So, you know, let's hear some of the responses from the MMO community and consider how they relate to what we know about Pantheon. 
So the first one was from Natalia, and she said, if you've explored, if you've not explored Black Desert Online, you've missed a lot of beautiful scenery. The world is vast. The density of critters that want to eat you isn't that isn't such that you're constantly on the run for your life, even if you're in places you definitely shouldn't be. I thought that was an interesting point because um, what she's saying is like, you know, the beauty of the world is brought out by a lack of sort of danger around you, right? Mm -hmm. And we know Pantheon's going for a more of a dangerous world, you know, respect your environment kind of thing. So, you know, does that encourage or discourage Wanderlust? I don't think it does myself. I think it actually encourages it. But when Natalia's saying about Black Desert, like you've played Black Desert, did yeah. you do you have that sense of Wanderlust when you played it? Yeah, I actually did. You know what it is? It's because there's so many enemy types. Like everywhere you go to fight is a new enemy type. And they're hmm. pretty well done character models. Now, when you're fighting those enemies, they all kind of look the same and the little differences, which I guess is any MMO. But like you're fighting these big tiger people and then all of a sudden you're fighting spiders in this area. Then all of a sudden you're fighting the it's everything had different models. It was neat. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you that the instant like when I read this, I remember the first time I got my first boat. And I started to row this slow ass boat in the water to go find <laughs> islands somewhere. And it was like a journey, man. It took a, my boat was so slow. I didn't have a sail on it or anything. It was just me, you know, oars away. Um, but like I found this pirate island and I stayed there for a while. And like every island had stuff on it. Like, and there were tons of them. So That's it was just, what I'm this, talking about. it was a yeah. really cool. Yeah. The, the, I gotta be honest, like Black Desert gets crapped on a lot. And, and I understand why. But man, there's some very beautiful things. I agree with that. That's a great bring up by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. That your your example is perfect. What I'm talking about that boat thing. I, I get that in Witcher Three when I play The Witcher Three, and it's got you can sail around in your little boat and find cool places. But uh, very <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, the next one was from uh, Anstalt, and they said uh, Star Wars Galaxies is the primary one for me. Not only did it have did I have the natural desire to explore based on my existing love of the IP. But the points of interest system gave me plenty of interesting destinations to visit. So um, with Pantheon, you know, one of the things we've talked about is it doesn't have an established IP, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have map it, or it's not going to have a map with points of interest. And yeah. so how does how does that affect Wanderlust, you know, more or less? So kind of an interesting thought experiment. Yeah, there. that's that's my biggest fear. If you ask mm. me, my honest truth is that just games that don't have an IP have not done well in the yeah. uh, in North America. Um and I, I can't thank you and Chris enough because the way you guys have got me into the lore, I feel like I'm going into this almost like I went into World of Warcraft, if not even more. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I know more about Pantheon right now than I did even about the Warcraft world going into World of Warcraft. Now, mm-hmm. playing World of Warcraft for 14 years, I obviously you know, know a yeah. lot about it now, but um, it's interesting. It's a very tough challenge. That's why the top three yeah. games are existing IPs. Yeah, it's funny. I've got an article that I've, we've talked about this before, and I've got an article that's been half written for quite a few months about looking at the established IP games and, and saying, can you make a successful MMO without an established IP mm-hmm. game, without an, without an established IP, blah. Um, can you do it? Can it be done? And, and I think it can. I mean, and, and I think that I could, I'm going to write an article one of these days. I'm going to finish that article <laughs> and prove that it can be done because I, I feel like it's a challenge. But um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Somebody else actually mentioned Star Wars Galaxies too. Corey James Hill, he said, um, being able to set up a camp as a ranger and have passersby see the smoke from my fire and come sit with me was one of my favorite things to do in the game. Many an adventure with strangers organically started like this, and a lot of those people became friends. No game has offered me that kind of experience since, and because of that, I never found another true MMO home. 
So what he's saying is his wanderlust was fueled by the remoteness like of a location that brought other like-minded wanderers to him. I really like that idea. I think it's, I think it's cool. As much as I hate Star Wars, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I know. <laughs> me too, me too. I'm, I'm a Star Trek guy for sure. Um, Doug from the Earth said, the game that really made me want to just explore, even if it was away from the game story and content, was ESO. Uh, they've done a great job rewarding those who explore off the beaten path. So, I mean, like I said, I've played ESO. I have to admit it. It did do a good job of this um, when it came out because there were like these hidden treasure chests all over the place. There were skill shards. They still have those um, Mm -hmm. that you, you know, you have to go and find them in the world. Um, I feel like it was a little bit nullified, though, because the map in ESO is very detailed. Like it's it's a. It's one of those things where it's like you're not really at the map the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, you're not ever really just sort of exploring for the sake of exploring. You're very purposefully exploring and you kind of know where you're going all the time a little bit. But uh, I haven't played it in a while, so I don't want to go too off on it. Um, Somebody mentioned Ark uh, Emberstar and Ark Survival Evolved is an interesting game. I've heard it brought up a few times that basically what they're saying is, you know, searching for high level creatures to tame um, ones with different color combinations or, you know, those all special sort of trophy materials that they got. Uh, that was what motivated them looking for like alpha creatures to drop that kind of stuff. Um, so it would make like a routine trip out into the wilds, you know, sort of anything could happen. And I think the, the theme here that, that they're trying to get across is that always that chance of a special occurrence happening mm. that fueled their wanderlust. And, and I can totally agree with that. I think, EQ was was a big part of that for me. I, you know, always going out. You could just be a run from, you know, Kinos to to Freeport and you're just doing it to get there. But along the way, you happen to see a rare spawn, right? It's like, oh my God, I gotta get this, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, I mean, we John even did Wax. that in EQ too. Like when we oh, saw man. a rare named mob, we're like, oh, we're gonna kill it. <laughs> I know. I've been I've been thinking about EQ. I, I'm gonna I went and actually went back in and played it a little bit. I didn't level, I just wanted to do some That's stuff right. and get familiar with my skills, but we're gonna play it some more next week. I cannot wait because we had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> um John Wax said for him it's all about size and scope. And he mentioned the game Entropia, which is a, a, a MMO, like space MMO kind of game. Um, he's talked about how it's huge, you know, and it's perfect. Every other game is small in comparison. And I think he, uh, he really liked that idea. He says, you know, we can't, we're stuck at a point where we, the tech can't keep up with the ideas or our wants. So he says, just use Google earth as a template and build it from there. That's the size. <laughs> <laughs> so make it huge, I guess. The next one I, I agree with too. Um, sleepy said none of them anymore. So no MMOs, which is really awful. But he says Subnautica did a, did more to make me want to explore than any, any MMO in the last five years. I've heard a lot about that. Dude, you have to play Subnautica. It is so good. And, you know, if you'd like crafting sort of survival games, but it's not really that. There's a real strong story going on. And when I played it, I wanted to explore every single foot, every foot of the ocean floor, right? Of the ocean in general, because there was always something cool to find. There was always a new monster. There was always some bit of like environmental storytelling that got crashed you know, uh, explore pod or sub or something like that. It is a great game. So yeah. I agree with that. Morgan said the obvious answer is Minecraft. Um, you know, it, it brings him to tears just to think about how the amazing the worlds and that you can create in Minecraft are, and they really do. So he's saying, you know, that's infinite possibilities is what motivates yeah. him to explore that fuels it for him. And, and I think it's hard to argue. Yeah, I've, with, I've with never Minecraft. got into Minecraft, but I mean, you can't deny the capabilities mm-hmm. you have in that game, if you're dedicated, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I never got into it either, but my my one of my kids loves it. He's he's been playing it for a long time, and 
I know a lot of people feel the same way. It's just the infinite possibilities. That's what's enticing about it. The last one then is um, sexuality. And they said, fallen earth is the absolute best for this. The vagueness of the map, the openness of the world, just asking to be explored. There was always something interesting to find. Exploration is one of the reasons I play MMOs. And I usually approach, and one of the reasons I usually approach endgames so slowly. I always want to know what's on the other side of the hill. And I always want to be there, uh, you know, to see something I haven't seen yet. And actually, a few other people mentioned Fallen Earth, too. Um, and we, we've talked about how MMOs make the end game the goal these days. Some of them do. It's sort of negating the journey. And it's like Wanderlust has kind of been designed out of the experience, right? It's like, we don't want you to do that wandering anymore. Just just beeline it to the end goal. That's when you get to start having fun. And it's like, I, I can't wander. That doesn't, it doesn't fit into the game anymore. So I really like this topic. It makes me, you know, it just makes me happy to talk about it. And, and uh, I think that... Um, you know, when we told that story about your PA adventure and it was just, we you know you telling the story that, yeah. that really spoke to me and, and hit my wanderlust sort of buttons. Right. So I think that's what, what's going on here. And what do you think about some of this? Is that uh, speaking to you as well? Yeah, for sure, man. Like, and you know, you said like, what about Pantheon? How is that being fueled? You know, the lore has been pretty good for that for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like Pantheon does something interesting with the base component of its lore where you have all these races that had to come here for some reason and we don't know any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, you have all these baked in things that we can discover for years and years to come more about, which is kind of cool. Right. Um, yeah, no, I love exploring, man. I love just seeing a new landscape. I, I talk often about World of Warcraft where people talk about like that they didn't like the graphics, but then at the same time, like, yeah, they're colorful and, and bright colors and some people call it cartoony. I disagree with that. But then like, you know, it gives you this possibility to go into this like dark lava, you know, steam everywhere. Then you come around a corner to go into a new area and all of a sudden you're in a swamp with these beautiful mm-hmm. colored flowers in this purple atmosphere. And it's just, wow, did a great job of when you discovered a new area, you, you'd be like, wow, look at this. You felt it. Is yeah. that, well, we've talked about it before, right? Like there's, there's people who play gaming to be close to reality, but then I play gaming for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's, it's not about the realism and graphics. It's about exploring this fantasy world. And as long as the world has that style that feels like it's the same that we talked about it before, right? That it feels like it should be there in the game. I think that's how we sort of try to define immersion at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it doesn't, it can't feel like it shouldn't be there, but to see these vast ecosystems and, and areas and just like, wow, like we haven't seen this before. Like that to yeah. me is really exciting in an MMO and there's a few that do it really well. Yeah, I agree. Great. Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. And then some of the people mentioned them. So good stuff. So we'll finish up the community discussion with um, uh, introduction. We haven't had one in a, in a little while, so it's nice to see another one. Um, I'm not going to say their name because it's just weird letters. So it's just A-W-R-Y-3 <laughs> said uh, MMOs are the best uh, played on Agnar and Lannis. So I think those are EverQuest servers that they're talking about. Uh, glad to be part of the creation of a new MMO as a backer. I've also played Dark Age of Camelot and WoW and many, many others. So welcome to the community, my friend. And uh, that's it for this week's community discussions. Let's talk content creator updates and new additions to Pantheon.plus. Awesome. So last week we didn't cover the uh, Pantheon.plus updates, but I just wanted to go over a couple quick things that have happened, share some love out there to the content creators. That's why Pantheon.plus exists. So let's start with Bazgrim this week as he put out two videos. You sort of mentioned it earlier. 
over the last week and a half that were both sort of around the controversial topic being brought up on the co-carnage stream regarding cash shops. So in the first video, he titled it, Will Pantheon Have a Cash Shop? He kind of discusses the concerns he shares with the community on a cash shop and further digs in to clarify some of the statements made with some direct quotes from VR. As always, Basgrim did a great job on this one and he delivered some important facts, but he also, you know, was there to give his opinion about how he feels they really damage MMORPGs, um, especially when they're done incorrectly. He didn't stop there, however. He would make a video more so dedicated to specifically cosmetic items from the cash shop and how it could hurt the game's overall item identity, something Pantheon has always held as a very important thing. So check out both of those videos for up-to-date information on uh, both of these rather debated topics. I will tell you, too, that last video, the cosmetic one, I will be making another transmog <laughs> video soon. Uh, just to clarify, I just want to try to clarify and give people an understanding of what transmog is because I there's a lot of people that mix up cosmetic, cash shop, and transmog, and those are different things. But I, like, um, I liked it when you when you responded to Basgram's tweet about its video and, and you said, yeah, I'm making a follow-up. He's like, I saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he He's like, that's coming. why he goes, that's why I didn't use the word transmog. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, so moving on to our next content creator, Nathan Napalm, he put out an amazing parody video for the song Mom Mom <laughs> Coming Home, originally by Ozzy. He pulls out the metal hair wig and MMOs <laughs> I'm Coming Home. Don't miss this one. I laughed my ass off watching this one. So. Oh, that so was good. good. It was so funny. Good. I love it. I wish I had more time to make more of those. I have a blast with that. Yeah. <laughs> now, finally, uh, keeping on topic of Nathan Napalm, but also adding in Pantheon Plus to this, um, I want uh, we're, we're, we have a partnership, so to speak, that's going to bring you more weekly MMORPG streaming content, as well as uh, some content videos um, that will accompany uh, our newest series, MMORPG Classes 101. So first, you can join us live on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern time for a two-hour play session, roughly, of whatever game we're doing our quote-unquote study sessions for. <laughs> study sessions. Yeah, we started with uh, Guild Wars 2 because, uh, you know, why not? And we weren't really enjoying <laughs> it. Um, and we only did that game for two weeks because of that. But So now we moved on. We're on EQ2. And I think uh, we'll probably be playing this one a bit longer because we're really enjoying it. So we'll, we'll get a lot of playtime in before we make our, our wrap-up videos. But I just personally, I, I want to give you guys a huge shout out to like all the creators involved in this because the videos that came out were awesome. Like I, I really enjoyed all of them. And, you know, while we all followed the same format, they were all unique to each person in the presentation and how they viewed their class, what was most important to them, just the overall style. I just thought that you guys did an amazing job. You, you Nathan, Drac, like it was just so cool to see all of our ideas sort of together but then with our own twists, I just think it's really fun. And I yeah. hope the community enjoys it as much as I did. It was, it was a lot of fun to see come together. Yeah. It was kind of an experiment, right? Cause we didn't know what it was going to look like. We didn't know how we were going to release them, yeah. like what the order was going to be. We didn't know. We, we knew our styles, uh, but Drac had never made a video like this before. So this was new for him. And, and his I mean, even for excellent. you, this was quite different. Like this gathering. was a new topic. Yeah. yeah. It was a new, uh, a new, um, type of content to produce. So I really enjoyed doing it. And your video, you know, you always take the lead. You always do a great job and set the bar so high with your stuff. And then it was like, once I saw yours, I was like, okay, I, and now I, I know how I got to, you know, I, what I got to bring to the table here. Cause it was really good. And the comments, man, were so different. Like everybody had different comments on their videos and, and I really enjoyed reading them and getting the feedback. So I, this is a great, great, um, sort of project we're working on and I'm very like inspired to to keep going with it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's it's fun, it's challenging. Um what's next, right? 
Um, So I did want to just give people a heads up because we saw a lot of comments. I just want to make sure to clarify Um, to all the people out there who haven't seen the videos. The first you can find them on Pantheon.plus as well as the Pantheon Plus YouTube, um, where we'll have like a playlist on our YouTube that compiles all the video from us and Nathan. Uh, Nathan is also putting content out on his channel and he's even chronicling some of our EQ2 time as well. I don't know if you saw that. It was awesome. It did, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's great stuff and it's just a way for us to really be Pantheon patient. But to those of you that watch, we've gotten a lot of comments saying things like, you know, this is just your opinion or, you know, your standards aren't fair. Totally. A hundred percent. You're right. Because (laughs) please understand that is the point of this series. Um, We're going to play a vast array of MMORPGs this year. We're going to stick to our preferred classes and see if any game delivers on what's in our hearts, like for our favorite class, right? Like this is totally a passion piece. It's totally about what yeah. we think. I mean, we don't expect you to agree with exactly how we rate <laughs> stuff and we want you to tell us how you would rate it, especially in those games, right? It's just not supposed to be like an end of the line fact on what these classes yeah. do, but it's just rather digging around multiple MMORPGs of some self-imposed standards on what we think makes the class special to us. And then honestly, mm-hmm. even discovering some things that we didn't know we would like, you know, so. Yeah, yeah um, no, just take it, yeah. take it for what it is, right? <laughs> just, yeah. just appreciate it. We're not, we're not, we're not calling ourselves as experts on these games or anything like that. We're just, we're just doing our own thing and, and sort of giving you a fun take on the class as we see it as somebody who plays that kind of class in a lot of games. Yeah. And again, we always encourage you, you know, with whatever experience you've had in the classes we played, if you've played it a few weeks like we did, or if you played it for years, you know, leave comments, like tell us what you thought. You don't have to agree with us. We also want to know your feelings. Like you can rate it. You can grade it. Do it in the comments. Um, play along with us. We had a lot of people jump into EverQuest who were playing with us and giving their thoughts. You know, that's what community is all about. We can have different opinions and we're totally cool with it. We want to hear when you say, hey, minus, I think that the Guild Wars 2 Rogue should have gotten an F and you gave it a C minus, then tell me that. Or if you say, hey, the Guild Wars 2 uh, Rogue class is the best. I love it. Tell me why. You know, that's the things we want to share that experience in that we're all different, but let's bring it all to the table and have a good conversation about it. So if you haven't Absolutely. checked it out, hopefully you can join us for our study sessions and we're playing live and joke around with us and chat um, or just check the videos out and let us know your comments. So, But uh, that's it for Pantheon. Plus. Sit back and relax. It's time for The Lore You Know. And now, a continued reading from the Book of Aveloth, Primer on the Human Pantheon of Deities. Coursera, Protector of the Holy. Long ranking at the top of the Human Pantheon, along with Argos, Coursera is both a guardian and a guide to the pious and the valiant. Her arms are said to stretch as wide as the human race, with no righteous soul left unconsidered or humble voice unheard. In the realm beyond mortality, she is said to lead the defense of the holy against the damned who escape from Altheros' keeping. While Corsera's place has shifted back amongst all tiers of the civilian population, within the military, her position endures undiminished, ever the bedrock of their bravery and defeat and bulwark against the hubris and victory. Corsera's kiss is said to rest upon the noble of heart, no matter their rank in society, birth, or tragedy and death. In the wake of the Deicide War, few celestial relationships were as devastated as Corsera's with her followers. The understanding of what shifted is still painfully weak, but there was a global severing in the direct communion between gods and mortals. Devout followers of the Protector of the Holy said they could hear her wailing over the entire continent in the quiet of the night for several years. The centuries of writings from Corsera's libraries survived, even while Havensong did not. 
as a tribute to the constant worship. Much of this ancient wisdom, writ, and wonder was studiously converted into song, hymn, and chant. The doors to her expansive halls are always open, and the sounds of vocal instrumentation never ceases, save during the Feast of Accounts, when only to the one speaker at a time is permitted. The high columns and golden statues seem to burn in the downpour of sunlight, which cascades through the walls of glass, mainly overlain with metallic scenes of past saints. And that's the lore you know. Awesome. Ending on another great lore note. Thank you, Theric. Another great <laughs> show. Another fun time on the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Uh, thanks, everybody, for checking us out today. Remember, as always, this will be available on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast sites. Well, a lot of them anyway. Um, Theric, <laughs> awesome discussion today. Some important stuff to discuss. Uh, some great ideas from the community. As always, that's what we love talking about. The community, your thoughts out there. So keep them coming. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like to see on the Rewind. And as always, we'll see you next week. See you next time, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Be sure to follow Minus and all Pantheon Plus related content on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube under the name Pantheon Plus. Also, be sure to follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter. Keep up to date on all Pantheon Rise of the Fallen information on www.pantheon.plus, the definitive source for all media of Pantheon. Until next time.